Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Count them down in my head. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Weisscast. This new episode. Uh, we are recording before a Friday, so when you are listening to this, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and uh, have enjoyed time with family and friends, and maybe some turkey. Um, I don't know if the turkey enjoyed the time with you, but you probably enjoyed time with it. I'm your host, Aaron Weiss, and along with my co-host. <laughs> hey guys, it's Bryant. Again, I want to reiterate that. Hoping you're ha- you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Don't go Black Friday shopping. Just don't do it. Why would you go Black Friday shopping when there's Cyber Monday? Exactly. And also, I don't know who I was talking about with this the other day. <laughs> Who was I talking? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Black Friday isn't a thing anymore. It's 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 all of November. Yep. It, it, it's it's Black Month. That's what it is. They, these stores trying to get into the black from the red, even though none of them are probably in the red, um, except for maybe Circuit City. But Circuit City's dead, so... They still uh, exist. <laughs> anyways... It's it. Don't buy into the hype. Don't go to Best Buy at 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with your family. Watch some football. Uh, maybe maybe watch some episodes of The Mandalorian if you haven't caught up yet. Uh, just just don't go shopping this weekend. Wait for Monday, even though that's technically December, and that 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 just con- deconstructs my whole thing that I just said. But wait for Cyber Monday. The deals are just as great, and you don't have to go anywhere. It's true. It's true. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that, that's a that's a really that's a really good, really good PSA for where we are currently in culture when it comes to shopping on yeah. Black Friday. It doesn't exist. It, it doesn't. It, exist. It, it, doesn't. it really doesn't. And, and actually, arguably, some cyber some Cyber Monday deals are even better than deals you would see on Black Friday if you went to the store. Exactly. And, um, hey, and if you're not planning on doing either of those things, Black Friday shopping, Cyber Monday shopping, um, maybe consider donating to Wisecast on Giving Tuesday. You know, uh, we have a Patreon. We only need about 6 or $7 a month to keep the lights on. Um, so if you have some extra bones, um, throw them to us. Uh, it's, it's only a dollar a month can keep us going. A dollar a month, guys. <laughs> I feel like we need to put in some Sarah like, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. <laughs> Who knows? I might. Um, you know what? We're going to go on ahead and get things started with the old Siri joke. They Siri is um, one for three in making us really actually laugh. And um, shut up. Don't Anyways. jump the gun. Jeez, Siri. <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, Siri. Tell me a joke. Why do bees have sticky hair? Honeycombs. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, 
I hate I hate everything. I do too, and <laughs> I I don't care if I owe more on my phone because of T-Mobile subsidies. I am destroying it, and I'm getting a new phone. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get a new an entire new phone based on a feature that is totally up to you on whether or not you use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true that's what i'm gonna do that's awesome folks we have a little bit of a different episode t- today um you might have saw a tweet um or an instagram post saying that we wanted to tighten things up a little bit and kind of make things a little more interesting um and i tell you what we didn't really change the format but nope. these topics are inherently more interesting um and also, um, we're we're adding kind of a new feature to the podcast. Um, you guys hopefully remember um, one of the founders of Wisecast, Jacob Moore. Um, he's in a better place, Arizona, um, and he still wants to be involved with the podcast in any way that he can. Um, so every week. Uh, he's going to look at the topics that we're talking about and give his thoughts about one of them. Um, so this week, we're going to start off with uh, reflecting on our favorite game from each year of the past decade. And uh, Brian, if you want to start off with your 2010, um, that'll get things rolling. Yeah, so 2010 was... Well, first of all, I want to point out that I had to really dig deep <laughs> to think yeah. to think about this stuff because yeah 10 years of video games is a lot um but there were some really good ones um i went for ones i so i gave myself a criteria um, for my favorite games um it really is just only one thing i had to have played the game so I, <laughs> so so for that so for that reason i didn't put any i have no nintendo games Mm-hmm. in my list because I, I haven't owned a Nintendo system since the GameCube. So um, so I have no Nintendo anything in my list. But enough about that. My my 2010 game was uh, Mass Effect 2. The reason I picked Mass Effect 2 is because Bioware in their, in their heyday making great games. Uh, at this point they were owned by EA. Um, but yeah. you know, they, were, they were going strong. And um, Mass Effect Two, the 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 core the core game was great. It they changed it from being more of an RPG like game to an action adventure kind of mm-hmm. RPG. And Mass Effect Two, um, great companions, great story, and the DLC like is like the 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 amount of DLC that we were given in Mass Effect Two. Each one was unique. Um, and add it to not just the story of what was happening in Mass Effect 2, but also add it to the overall lore of um, add it to the overall lore of the Mass Effect universe in general. So much so that one of the DLC was actually the natural jumping off point for Mass Effect 3 a few years later. So just just a just a brilliant game. And it just um, I mean, one of the one of my favorite mechanics was the the suicide mission mechanic in Mass Effect Two, where you had to have you had to give certain characters certain jobs, and you could pick anybody you wanted. But based on what character you chose, if you chose the right character, the job will go off without a hitch. But if you pick the wrong character, you might have somebody in your party die, and if they die, mm-hmm. 
they weren't coming back. And there was a chance come the end of the suicide mission where you could have everybody live or have no one live, depending right. on your choices. So yeah, I just thought that was really unique to games at that point. So I love Mass Effect 2. It was yeah, it's definitely a unique game. I actually have not played the entirety of the Mass Effect series. Um I really like Bioware, have a lot of respect for them as a developer, um, especially in their older games. Um <laughs> But for, for whatever reason, I just kind of missed out on those games. Um, Jacob and I actually both agree on the game of the year for 2010. Um, and that is Fallout New Vegas. Mm. Um, for Jacob, um, or well, for actually both of us, uh, we think it's the best game in the Fallout series. Um, and we're actually both kind of shocked to realize that the game came out in 2010. We've uh, yeah, um, I forgot. I when I was making my original list, I had Halo Reach, thinking that Fallout New Vegas came out in two thousand nine, but it actually came out in two thousand ten. Um, I have a lot of great memories with this game. I think it is one of it. It's actually it is it is the first Fallout game that I played. I didn't play Fallout three before I played Fallout New Vegas. Um, and all of my friends in high school were playing through it at the same time. Um, and it was just really fun to go talk to them about the game after playing. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have tons of good things to say about New Vegas. I could probably talk about it for an entire episode. Um, now that Obsidian has released Outer Worlds, I finally feel like we have a good rpg successor to it yeah um and i'm excited to see what obsidian does with microsoft in their um new relationship going forward yeah i really like fallout new vegas it i i don't know i personally would say that it's the best fallout game ever made i still think that goes to fallout 3 but um Fallout New Vegas is like widely loved, like, mm-hmm. um, which, it, but if it is the best Fallout game ever made, that is ironic because Obsidian did not create the Fallout franchise. Bethesda did, right? And if Bethesda can't even create the best game of a franchise that they made, well, you know, writing's on the wall for them at that point, which we've seen kind of come through well, a little bit now. Here's the caveat. Obsidian was formed by the original developers of Fallout. That's true. So Bethesda bought the Fallout IP um, sometime before 2008 and then obviously released Fallout 3 in 2008 and then uh, contracted it out to Obsidian, um, who again was formed after um, the original Fallout developers um, disbanded. Mm -hmm. And so... In a way, Fallout New Vegas is more is more true than Fallout Three. That's fair. Yeah, That's fair. in a way, in a way. Yeah, I give you that. I give you that. Um, from there, uh, we'll just go straight into 2011 again. Jacob and I agree. Skyrim. Mm. Um, I I I don't know what Jacob's um, thought or reasoning was, but I imagine it's very similar to mine. I got on the uh, first day, and um, I remember the, this. <laughs> and um, 
I convinced my teacher, my the, my my last period teacher, to let me leave thirty minutes early so I could go play it. And for whatever reason, it worked. And I went home. And that weekend, I put forty hours on the game, and I didn't touch it again for six months. Um, Yikes! But then after that, I put more and more hours, um, and it's it's just incredible. It's a it's a great game. It's very it <clears throat> it kind of withstands the test of time. It, it's you can definitely tell it's aged, but because of the re release a few years ago. Um, it still looks pretty good. Um, and sure the story isn't all there, but I, I didn't play Skyrim for the story. I played it, um, because of the incredible side missions, side quests, um, love being part of the thieves guild. Uh, there's just so many great things. Like I loved becoming a vampire. Um, (laughs) It's just so much fun, and um, especially with the new, the more recent releases of it, and and it being on PC as well, um, adding mods to it just makes it a lot a lot of fun, a lot of a lot more fresh. Um, yeah, 2011 was actually it was an incredible year for gaming. Yeah, um, it was. It was between Skyrim um, and Skyward Sword for me, um, and if. And Uncharted 3. I think those are my top three games of 2011. <clears throat> I've, I was actually just thinking, I wonder how many of these the three of us are going to agree on. And I'm, mm-hmm. I don't even know Jacob's picks. I, I vaguely remember yours. So w- I'm interested to see just kind of if, if we, if the three of us will land on on a game together. Which, if we don't, that just proves like, the diversity of like good games that came out that yeah, year. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, for me... <clears throat> My 2011 game was Dark Souls. Um, Dark Souls is, I think Dark Souls has has kind of developed a a cult following now that has people. I mean, they they just they just love it. Dark Souls is also not just loved by by fans, but it's also loved by video game developers. Yep. It, it just it just does a lot of things, um, kind of interconnecting maps. Um, and kind of forcing people to kind of rewrite their brains and how they do how they do combat in in the overworld of a game you know a very a very simple very basic um you know block and block parry system within the game um it's very like it's is is really interesting because when the first dark souls came out there was an area in the game that people hated because there was so much going on that the frames of the game would drop. So you'd be getting bad stutters, but it, it kind of became synonymous with the game as well. Um, and it's one of those, you know, from software has become a very well-known developer now, you know, as a result of kind of the success of the dark soul series. Um, and, on my list of games, this is not the only From Software game I have on there. Um, it's a very like it's a very difficult game, mm-hmm. um, but it's so fun. It's so fun, and so uh, for me, twenty eleven, definitely, definitely, Dark Souls has got to be up there for me. Yeah, and I actually had to put a similar caveat onto my list as you did. Like I actually had to play the game. 
Um, so I actually I've not played the Dark Souls games, and I don't think necessarily they all right. They might be more of my cup of tea now that I'm kind of getting a light introduction um, to the similar combat with Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll give them a shot now. But they're fun. Um, before Jedi Fallen Order, I had no interest because I like I like to enjoy playing games and not getting frustrated. Um, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I guess the next logical place to go from there is 2012, huh? huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my right. list, my list 2012 is Borderlands 2. Um, that came out in 2012. Yes. Wow. Yes. Incredible game. Um, it. I did not necessarily like the first Borderlands. Um, it was it was fun. It was just very. It was like it was repetitive. It kind of. I don't know. I, I just for whatever reason it didn't. It wasn't as fun. But Borderlands Two took everything that was good about Borderlands One, and then just like really improved on it. They made it a. They made the story better funnier there's more loot um for some reason dropping in and out of games um or you could play co-op with friends it it was like easier even though it was on the same system um imagine that yeah it it's just it was really good and i much like skyrim i liked it so much i bought it another time on a different system um i got the handsome collection years later same um so yeah, Borderlands Two. Um, Jacob's pick is actually the same as your pick. Mass Effect. Big up, Big up Jacob. <laughs> yes, I, I need you to talk about Mass Effect Three because, like I said earlier, I haven't played the games. Yeah, Mass Effect Three. Um, Bioware had started this wonderful story with the original Mass Effect and had carried it through um, up up to Mass Effect Three. Um, in a lot of ways, actually, the first Mass Effect was a spiritual successor, in my opinion, to the Knights of the Old Republic game, yes. which Bioware released way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mass Effect Three, I mean, it's it's the it's like the the finale of Commander Shepard's story. Um, you get a lot of your old companions from the other games coming back, with uh, some ones from Two showing up as well, um, in, in addition to some new people. Um, and it's all, and I mean, the, the game, the game just, it did a good job at bringing together everything that you had built. And the, the cool thing about this series in general was the fact that your saves and decisions that you make carried over to each game. So they influence what your world looked like. Um, and not just big, like set piece story stuff, but also small things, um, like, like how much time you spent with certain people or different or, or the different um, side missions that you would do for people as well. But there was this huge kind of like intergalactic, like alien threat that was um, that potentially could have like wiped out all of humanity in mass effect three. And there were, there was a mechanic in the game where you were given side missions, but because of this intergalactic threat in the galaxy, if you didn't do the side mission quick enough, the side mission would then not become available for you because they would be wiped out. Mm-hmm. So you had to also act quickly in the way that you went about helping people. Um, 
there was big, big controversy on the way that the ending worked because the way that Mass Effect 3's ending worked is that there were three, there, there were three options for you, but none of them are canon. Mm-hmm. There is no canon ending for Mass Effect 3. So they gave full agency to the player to decide how they want it to end the game. However you end the game is how things end. Um, there is no specific canon ending, which is unheard of in RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got a lot of stick for that, but I think over time people kind of started to just deal with it. So I gave Bioware a lot of credit for being that bold and that creative with um, with Mass Effect Three. One of one of my favorite games I've ever played, Mass Effect Three. Honestly, I need to go back and play those games. Like I've like very said. good. Um, <laughs> yes, and. I think they are right up my alley, and like I said, I have no excuse to not have played them. Um, from there, I I chose A Link Between Worlds for 2013. That's a great um, it is not only one of the best 3DS games, um, it is one of my favorite games of all time, and I know... Again, for this next pick, you and Jacob agree, but like I said, I, I haven't really played that game. Um, Let's go. But A Link Between Worlds is a lot of fun. I am a big proponent of the top-down Zelda games. Um, love love them. I think they're more fun than the 3D games. Um, for the most part, there are a couple exceptions. Um, I, I just really like the way that puzzles work out in the top-down. And... Um, it is one of the only Zelda games that I beat within like a week. Um, the it's other hard Zelda to do with the Zelda game. Hmm? There's just so there's so it's hard to do with the Zelda games. There's so much. It's true. Yeah, um, I was playing it all the time, and I actually uh, borrowed a friend's 3DS because I didn't have one at the time. They, they let me borrow it, and I was like, I gotta beat it because I gotta give the back the 3DS. Um, so that's another thing that that drove me to beat it. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds, twenty thirteen. My twenty thirteen pick, and apparently Jacob's twenty thirteen pick is Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes, it is. <laughs> little I game, just, you might have heard of it. Yeah, little little game, you might have heard of it. Still going strong. Interesting thing about Grand Theft Auto Five um, is that it is still in the top fifteen best selling games of this past year. Um, and I imagine that it would still sell well um, this year as well when when we we get to the end and look at the numbers. But um, I think one of the cool things about GTA Five is that GTA Four was kind of our first introduction to um, what Grand Theft Auto Online could look like. But then GTA Five, when it came out towards the end of a console generation, um, the Xbox 360, PS3 generation, they also decided to port it over to the next gen, and they were able to take it and blow it up that way they they did they did a whole lot more they continued to build on the popularity of the game um and it was really un like it was it was new territory for rockstar because prior to that point rockstar were known for making good single player stories and that's kind of what they're known for and they which is kind of rare in video games nowadays you just don't have as many single player kind of self-contained story games anymore but wanting to give people that same experience, that same Grand Theft Auto experience online where they could play with friends was, was, was huge. And it didn't take them long to realize they needed to pad out GTA online as well. 
Um, but since then, I mean, they've added heist missions. They've added mm-hmm. they've added a casino, which also adds missions that you can you can partake in with friends. Um, but even even online aside, the story of GTA Five is I think the best that they've ever done. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, th- that was an that was an easy pick for me, not just for the game itself, but for how well it's held up over the last six years. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I haven't played GTA. Actually, I do know I I had GTA four. Uh-huh. Um, and I wasn't huge into it. I know I know the GTA four was a more divisive game than GTA five. Um, but I I think I'm just not a huge fan of Rockstar. Okay. In general. Um, so that's why I really haven't. I mean, I played like maybe an hour of GTA Five um, in the seven years that it's been out. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of Red Dead Rockstar. I love right. GTA Rockstar. Right. Um, yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. That's fair. But the sandbox kind of do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is difficult. Sometimes, sometimes you need a little bit more direction in games mm-hmm. to be like, all right, so what do I do next? And lots of us like, whatever you want. It's like, mm-hmm. for that, all right. Just give me some direction, man. Yeah. Um, moving on to 2014, we actually all have different picks, and that's really nice. Um, I'm going to start with Jacob's um, Halo the Master Chief Collection, which I think is a very interesting pick because it was very buggy at launch. But does that can that count? Yeah. It's a, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. It did. It's just a collection of games that came out previously, and so however, which they're adding to all the time. Um, also, they they completely remastered Halo Two for it. That's true. And so um, that that counts then. That counts. Uh, I I actually almost picked Master Chief Collection as well. Um, it was the first Xbox One game that I had. Uh, it was a lot of fun, especially like in the early days of having an Xbox One. Um, everyone would get on and play Master Chief Collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I'm imagining that's why Jacob chose it, is because of the memories kind of surrounded by it. But uh, my pick, on the other hand, is... Far Cry 4. No way! Um, <laughs> to this day, this is the only Far Cry game that I've played. Um, and the reason I chose it is because when I played it, it was the exact game that I was looking for. Like, I wasn't looking for anything with a super serious story. I wasn't looking for anything... Um, I don't know. That... It's just Far Cry games are kind of over the top, um, kind of ridiculous. I loved having a bow with an explosive tip arrow. Um, I love being able to ride elephants. Um, I loved Pagan Men, uh, who was voiced by Troy Baker. Uh, it, it's just it's a really solid game. Will I ever go back and play it? Probably not. But I had a lot of I had a lot of fun playing. Far Cry 4, um, and 
well, I probably won't ever play another Far Cry game again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. That's good. My pick for 2014, I got a, I got two horror-based games. Horror. horror. Horror games back-to-back. The first one is Five Nights at Freddy's. I don't think that there is a more simple yet brilliant game that I've ever played in my entire life than Five Nights at Freddy's. Um you want to talk about a game that had a cult following. Yeah. This was the one. If you don't know what Five Nights at Freddy's is, you're a dude who takes a job at a pizzeria, kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese, but you are but you are a night guard. Mm-hmm. And when you go to your job on the first night, you start your shift at midnight and you're supposed to make it to 6 a.m. But the animatronics inside come to life. And they try to kill you. You're in a room, and all you can do is hit switches to open and close doors and watch cameras and try to make sure that they don't get to you. That's it. That's the premise of the game. But it is so fun trying, like, I, it's, it's so fun. And one of my favorite things about that game is every night, every night, the, there, there is a, a message left on your answering machine by another guard that kind of explains the game. So the way that you are introduced to the world and what the game is all about, there's a night guard who tells you, hey, like, you know, this night one kind of want to let you know what this place is known for. And as things go on, he 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 basically explains what what is going to be kind of what what things are going to look like going forward for you. Um I thought it was a brilliant way of like explaining the game mechanics without giving like a tutorial or things like that. Just like allowing players to kind of like listen to this old man le- message that he left you on an answering machine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just adds to the charm of the game. I mean, several Five Nights at Freddy's games have been, have been released since then. And um, yeah, one of my favorite games uh, around that time. Good old Five Nights at Freddy's. Do we want to go on to 2015? Yes. We have just a, just a few more left. Yes, we do. Um, 2015 for me, I, I chose Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I really enjoyed the Tomb Raider games, the newer franchise. And I, I love the Uncharted games. And they're very similar. Um, Tomb Raider's a bit darker. Uh, but I, I just, I had a lot of fun with this game and I really couldn't think of another game that came out in 2015 that I just absolutely loved. Um, Jacobs was rocket league. Um, and, and, um, I also had a lot of. I had a lot of fun with this game, but Jacob says that Rocket League is a pivotal game for him. It kind of brought him back into multiplayer gaming. Um, and he and my my roommate, Aaron Hargrove, um, played it a lot, um, especially back then. Um, they, 
I don't know when the last time that they played it was, but they they would seriously they would cut home from class and just play it all the time, and um, is definitely more their game than my game, which is why it's on his list, not my list. Um, but yeah, I I think Rocket League is a pretty solid choice for 2015. You said you have another horror game. Yeah, I have another horror game, a PlayStation exclusive until dawn. Ooh. So it it is a it's like a teen slasher horror game, um, but it's all based on this this um, concept of like the butterfly effect deal. Um, I it, it's it's such a I mean it was it's a really it's a really fun it's a really fun game. I mean you you know you just play different characters at different points throughout this night that these characters mm-hmm. spend there follow a story of like what took place and you know what what happened to certain to to other characters and of course like it it has this um the the aspect of the butterfly effect is um you i mean it i'm sure many people know what the butterfly effect is but it's it's uh the decisions you make in one instance will have ramifications or or impacts on how different outcomes play out mm-hmm. and things um in addition to that, it had a really cool um, system where you would find these these like tiki's around the maps, and mm-hmm. you would and it would and the tiki's would give you like a vision of an like an event that would happen in the future of the game, but it'd be very vague, and so you wouldn't really know. Like you might you might see an instance where somebody like sees this creature, and you might think, well, that person's gonna die, and so that might affect the way that you play with that character or interact Hmm. with that character. Um, But later on, you might find out that that's not actually how it was going to play out at all. And so the Tiki's are there to kind of upset your rhythm um, of the decisions that you make in the way that you go about the game. Um, Yeah, it was was, was a really good game. I hope that more games like that get made. I really really enjoyed playing that one as well. You want to bring us into 2016? Yeah, I would love to. 2016, the I, I say this game for um, this current generation of video games is the gold standard for first-person shooters, and it's Overwatch. That's I that's a very great pick. Yeah, I don't I don't think that um, shooters have been hard to come by. Yep. Um. But Overwatch has kind of withstood. It's just a, it was a very it's very unique, very kind of playful shooter made by Blizzard. But it also has a lot of room to grow for mm-hmm. um, when when it comes to like improving. You have certain heroes that do certain things. It's, it's all everything is all objective based. Everything is based on having good team composition. So you you need to have the right mix of. Um, attackers or DPS characters and tanks and healers, um, you know, like attack, defense, support. I mean, you need to have the right the right mix to ensure that you're going to be able to win your games, things like that. So it's not, you know, it's not like these silo shooters like Call of Duty where it's like, well, I don't care if my team lost. I went, you know, positive nine, you know. I went mm-hmm. plus nine on my KD, you know. So it's, it's, much, it's much more tactical and team-based like that. Um, yeah, great game. I I agree that it is a really great game. I did not play it as much as I played mine and Jacob's choice 
for 2016, uh, which is Battlefield 1. Um, Battlefield 1, uh, to both of us, is probably the most well-rounded Battlefield in the series. Um, and also, it taking place in World War One is pretty unique for yeah. um, first-person shooters. And that, that genre largely started in World War Two. Yes. Um, at least as a setting. It didn't actually start during World War II. <laughs> right, as a setting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just so much fun. We, we played it all of the time. Um, in 20 especially in late 2016 um i don't know how many hours was put on it but um i just have very fond memories playing conquest um with a group and it, it was very fun um but i i could probably go on about battlefield one Twenty seventeen, which is a very exciting year uh, for video games. Switch was released, and Jacob and I both picked uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild as our pick um, for twenty seventeen. However, however, we both acknowledge um, that PUBG could have been the game for twenty seventeen if it weren't for us playing Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, that's by far is Breath of the Wild is by far the Zelda game that I put the most hours on. Um, and it is the exception that I was talking about earlier where like, uh, I was talking about how I prefer three or er, top down Zelda games. This is the 3d Zelda game that just is incredible that and probably Wind Waker, um, mm-hmm. for me, but the, the boss fights, the, the exploration. Um, this is a sandbox game that I can get behind. Um, it's just, it's just so good. It's so beautiful. Um, and I'm very excited about breath of the wild too. Right. Yeah. Uh, but since your actual pick was player unknowns battlegrounds, yes. I'm going to let you talk about it. Yeah. <clears throat> The battle royale genre of games would not be what it is today without player unknowns battlegrounds. I agree. Um, while some people will argue that H1Z1 um, kind of led the way to a degree, player unknowns battlegrounds did what it took what H1Z1 did and put battle royales on the map. Player unknowns battlegrounds led the way for Fortnite for the Fortnite battle Royale, it led the way for um, call of duty Four's blackout battle Royale. It led the way for apex legends. Um, and despite the popularity of all of those things, Fortnite has since become King of the battle Royale. It took what PUBG built on and took it to the next level. Right. Um, but despite all of that, PUBG has now been around for two years. They're adding to it all the time. They're trying to improve it. They're trying to, they're trying to keep, keep things fresh and interesting for, for the people that play it. Um, it it's, and it's still, again, there, there are weird little things that take place in the game that are equal parts annoying and charming, but player knows battlegrounds I, is, is a game unlike any that I have played before. Um, and, and I, I really, I really enjoy it. 
I also really enjoy it. I put a lot of hours on PUBG. Um, maybe not as many as I have other games, but uh, PUBG is one of those games that I spent a lot of time playing with my friends, especially over the holiday season of 2017. And um, and early 2018, even as it bled into 2018 largely, and I still play it every once in a while now. Um, really, really enjoyed from its humble beginnings as a um, notoriously buggy game yep. um, to what it is now, where it's just an incredible. Um, battle royale game that looks really good has a great weapon variety pretty good map variety um it's very intense um i i i agree PUBG definitely deserved at least if not least to be in the conversation but to be maybe even game of the year for yeah. 2017 yeah good old 2017 now, 2018. Interesting year. Interesting year. Very good year for games. Very good year for games. You're right. There's a lot of really good games that came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see. <laughs> I'm interested to see Jacob's pick. Mine for 2018 was God of War. You and I agree on that, sir. Yes, God of War. Well, let me. I'll. You, you you talk about it. I I, I love this game. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think it's one of the I think it's one of the greatest games of the decade. Yes, God of War took a dormant series, completely restructured it, mm. and made the protagonist sympathetic. Um. Because in the original series, no, I mean, he didn't really care about Kratos. He was just a, a badass yep. that killed everything. And it's not like he's not that in God of War, the new God of War 2018. Um, he just has a son and thus makes him more sympathetic. Um, you, 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 all, you want to relate to him more. You care more about him. Um, and I, I, admittedly have not beat this game i played a lot of it though um the boss fights are incredible um using the the leviathan axe is very fun um and i and i i just i really care about uh the kid the story the story's very simple yep but it really hits home you know um I, I always I am notorious for saying I don't play games for the story, but if the the story is sim- simple yet compelling enough, like God of War is, I'm gonna pay attention to it and and play it. Um, it just it feels good to play too. Like the the mechanics, the the game controls are perfect. Yeah, yeah, and the cool thing about God of War is it it is in that new genre of games that people really don't know how to define yet where the game is, the game is linear. Yeah. But as you get into certain areas, the worlds open up for you to explore. Like Jedi Fallen Order is in that, is, is in that vein. We we call them Metroidvania games, Mm -hmm. but I mean, 
you know, Jedi Fallen Order is in that in that in that vein. God of War is in that game. Dark Souls is in that vein. Tomb Raider. Know, Tomb Raider. You know, so it it yeah. I think I mean it, I think it is, it is the only game on this list that I would say is perfect. I think yeah. it's a perfect game. I can't I can't name many if any flaws with it. No, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Jacob's pick. Um, the fact that it's not God of War makes him lose cred, but he didn't play it probably. So <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Um, Jacob's pick is decidedly less exciting. Um, oh. oh no, <laughs> way less exciting. And I can see where he's coming from with it, um, as it is the best in its series for the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but he picked FIFA 19. Um, he, to be fair, he he has he, he has an Xbox, he has a Switch, but like there weren't a ton of great exclusives for either last year. No. Um, while PlayStation had God of War and Spider Man, exactly. Um, and he really, I'm sure that he really. I think he would have played Red Dead 2, but he's in the same camp as me, same camp as Aaron Hargrove, um, same probably same camp as you. Like we're we just God of War. We can see how people love and enjoy and can call it a ten out of ten game, but it's just not our cup of tea. Yeah, um, I'm sure that if it had if it had been more like Red Dead One, it probably would have he probably would have put it on. Um, as his game of the year 2018, but it just, it wasn't. And um, yeah. So now we have caught up and are on our current year. What you got? is a weird year. Yeah. 2019 is a very weird year for games. Um, my, in my opinion, what I think should, should win game of the year for 2019 I don't think it will, but I want to. Right. Is the From Software game that was released back in, I think it was either March or April of 2019, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, Again, the combat in in Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is some of the best combat that I have ever played just in a a combat-based game. Just the controls are tight. There, there are stealth elements to the game because you're playing a, as a shinobi. There are stealth mm-hmm. elements to the game, so there are a lot. There, they, they throw a lot of enemies at you with the, you know, with, with the expectation that you will find ways to stealth around a lot of these enemies and get rid of them. The, the combat is so cool because it's not, it's not health bar based for for normal for normal enemies and things in a lot of ways. Enemies have what's called a posture meter or posture bar. You have mm-hmm. a posture bar as well. And combat is, is much like a dance where there, there is striking, blocking, and deflecting. But the goal of yours, it, the goal that you have when fighting enemies is to lower their posture meter to the point to where you can, you can activate a death blow. Mm-hmm. And so once you get rid of their posture meter, you can then death blow the enemy and then you'll get your spoils as a result of as as a result of winning that the story of Shakira Shadows Die Twice is not as good 
or interesting as some of the other From Software games like Bloodborne or the Dark Souls series. Um, and for that reason, I think it might it falls behind those games a little bit in that in that respect. But the controls, the controls, the gameplay of Sekiro is is some of the best that I've ever seen from a From Software title. I hope that it wins Game of the Year this year, um, although I don't think it will. So that is my that is my pick for 2019. So, Jacob's pick um, is also a, the game that I've played most this year, um, and I'm sure it's the game that he's played most as as far as hours go. Um, he picked Apex, uh, not because he hasn't played any other games, um, even though that's what he said in his text. He says it's the only real game that he played this year. I know he's played other games that have come out this year. Um, so, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked with his pick. Um, Apex is very fun. It's kind of addicting, but it, it, it's only that to a certain point. Um, the this, the way that the seasons are structured, there's not enough content to come out with each new season um, to keep you hooked um, for me. Um, and I think he kind of just picked it because it was the game that he picked, played most this year. I picked, on the other hand, Jedi the Fallen Order. Wow. Yes. Um, it is a game that came out mere days ago, <laughs> technically. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, I just, it, it's so fun. Um, I've played a, a few games this year. Um, Luigi's Mansion, um, Link's Awakening Remake, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Have I played any other games? Do I have them? Um, I'm sure I've played other games, but like these are the game. Oh, I'm the new Call of Duty. Um, but I couldn't pick Call of Duty because it's Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> Fair. The only Call of Duty that I would pick for any year is probably the original Modern Warfare for 2007. But even that has very much competition with Halo Three. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't pick Luigi's Mansion because it, it it was a lot of fun, but it was too easy. Um, but Jedi Fallen Order is like, I love Star Wars. I love the gameplay, um, the controls, the mechanics. Um, the story is compelling enough. Um, and it, it's just, it's really good. Um, Respawn really blew it out of the water. Um, I didn't realize this, but I, I found out through research the other day that it actually was started being developed by Respawn before they were bought by EA. That's why there's so much like free reign over it. Um, and so that makes me nervous for a sequel because EA was like, oh, this was a really successful game you know would make it more successful microtransactions <laughs> um respond child of ea right now i think EA, i think ea will let them do what they want i think that the best case scenario for star wars video game franchise in general is let respawn develop the single player for battlefront mm. 
or let them develop the whole game because they make better shooters, um, more different shooters and better shooters than uh, dice anyway. So um, I think that Star Wars is more privy to Titanfall than Battlefield. So I think translating Titanfall stuff to Star Wars would work better um, and, and be more fun in general. Or who knows, just or just make a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. I don't really care. It's fair. They should make a sequel. Yep. Um, you know, I did not expect the R top 10 to take almost the entire episode. That's okay. It is okay. Um, we are going to go into 20 questions real quick. Um, we have about eight, ten minutes left on the episode. And it is actually my week to have a movie for you to guess. And <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to need you to start guessing, pal. <laughs> Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. Um, this movie released prior to January 1st, 2010. No. Okay. Was this movie released prior to January 1st, 2015? No. Okay, so it's after 2015 then. Correct. All right. Um... Is this film was this film um, well received? Not exactly. Okay, not exactly. Great. I sense a pattern here. <laughs> um, <clears throat> is this film very popular? I would say popular, but take off the adverb. Just popular. Okay. Cool. Um, is the protagonist male? No. Female? Yes. Okay. Is the female protagonist white? No. Don't laugh when I ask these questions. (laughs) I'm laughing because you'll know why I'm laughing later. All right, go. Is, Is the... Is the female protagonist black? No. <laughs> I don't want to go through all of this. <laughs> um, she is so she's not white or black. Uh, is she? Is she Indian? No. Asian. Japanese? <laughs> that would qualify as Asian. And so would I, Indian technically. It uh, would, yeah. I didn't hear you're you. You're at 10 questions. <laughs> is, this, is this film. I get bodied every week, and it's so annoying. I just, I just want to get one right. Is this movie an action film? <laughs> no. Is it a rom com? More rom-com, yeah. More rom-com? 
after 2015. Is it Love Actually? You know that movie came out in 2003. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Um, so more rom-com. Yep. Is the, is the protagonist human? No. <laughs> uh, that actually clears quite a bit up. It does. Oh, no. It's a female protagonist, rom-com, not human. You have one more question before a hint. Um. Okay, was this... Is the director of this film well-known? No. Okay. Your hint is Sam Elliott plays a side character. The heck? You know who Sam Elliott is, right? Yes, I do. Is it a Disney film? Yes. Oh my gosh. Holy crap. I just every time I every time that I get a yes on Disney, I just I can think of nothing after 2015. <laughs> um live action? Yes. popular and you said it's popular did it make a lot of money at the box office no okay where am i at now that was 18 you have one more than i guess (laughs) (laughs) um so it's, it's disney but was it pixar made no no (laughs) now <laughs> you have to guess. The only the only movie I can think of is the Good Dinosaur. Is it the Good Dinosaur? <laughs> no. <laughs> Released on November twelfth, so, two thousand nineteen. I hate this set. What? <laughs> Lady and the Tramp. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it was pretty popular on Disney Plus and. No, it didn't make any money in the box office. Because it was a Disney Plus exclusive. I'm, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and that's why I was laughing when you were asking about the race of the protagonist. Because the it's a dog. Like, it's the dog. Should have been asking it. breed. Um, yeah. I, I should have asked. I should have gone more into species. <laughs> that's um, so frustrating. <laughs> Every single week. <laughs> Am I winning again? I think Three. we're tied again. Okay, whatever. Um, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to win this season. We're all going to lose. 
Yeah, everyone's gonna lose. Yep, yep. even the listener. <laughs> even the listener. <laughs> All right, folks, that was a fun episode going over top tens. Who knows? Maybe we'll have another list like that this year. Um, we could discuss movies. Could discuss movies. Um, but yeah, if if you like the episode, let us know. Um, we actually had a lot of cut content. Uh, and that will be on next week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Aaron Weiss. You can find me at the Weiss is right on Instagram and Twitter. Find, um, Weisscast on Patreon or wherever you find podcasts. Um, and Bryant, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Bryant Stinson and on Instagram at BKStinson08. From there, folks, we are going to send it in to the song of the week. Um, and it is, I have not listened to this previously, but we're going to trust that it is a good song. Uh, <laughs> it is the <laughs> Home Alone 5.0 Christmas Dubstep Edit by 5.0 on SoundCloud. Find them there, and from there, we are out.